0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. Oh, All right, I don't know if you're in the car, if you're at home, wherever you are, but this podcast is gonna hit you in the feels. <laughs> I speak with my friend, Jazlyn Pepper West. Very strong power lifter, but also an amazing coach. Full-time coach, she's also just an Astounding woman. We talk about our faith in God. We talk about her prep for the Virginia Pro. That is next week. We talk about what it's like being a coach, the type of the type of clients that she attracts and like who she aims like who's a good fit for her as a coach. We talk about um I'm missing something. i miss something right now. Oh yeah. We talk about how she works in the military a little bit. We talk about how she started her own podcast, Pep Talks, with Jasmine Pepper. Like, honestly, it was such a dope conversation, but I think my personal favorite part is that we probably talked about our faith in God for, like, a good, like, 25% of it, and it was a really dope convo. Even if you're not religious, I think you'll just appreciate hearing it, but you'll have to find out for yourself, so... Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode after you subscribe to the podcast and leave your five-star rating and review. All right, let's dive in. All right, y'all. I am here with Jazlyn Pepper West. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, this is my first in-person podcast. I have never done an episode with the person in real time. Like, look, you can't see this. I'm touching her shoulder. Right now, I can physically touch her. She's that <laughs> close to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to fit our faces in the screen, girl. I already
0: accepted we're not gonna have in the screen because. <laughs> so we like, guys. I know y'all can't see us. So I also do like a visual as well. But like the camera, like you both have to like hold, like hold our heads together for you to see both our faces. So yeah, this may or may not go on YouTube. But anywho. I know you had a long day. We both had kind of long days, y'all. Yo, yes. t- you tell us where are we right now? We are in Orlando, Florida, for Southeast Regionals. Yes, we are, and we yeah, yeah, good day. Jasmine was in the back breaking her booty with three <laughs> athletes going all at once, and they all seem to do pretty good. Yeah, three nine for nines. That- Whoa! I didn't even notice that.
1: Yeah, If that was crazy. Um. I'm still kind of shook about it, honestly. So I'm just thankful. Listen, when they walk away
0: happy like that, you can't, there's no words. I honestly think like coaching and being an athlete competing are very different things, even though you know what it's like to be both. But for me, the joy I get watching someone else go nine for nine is so different from my own joy. And somehow, no matter how good of a lifter I am, I'm more excited about my athlete going nine for nine. I could not agree with that more. Like I literally could not. It's just, you're so proud
1: of them. And I think it's harder because you're not in control. Like you, you control your own body when you're out there and you kind of have, I don't know, yourself to blame in a way, but like watching them, you can't, you can't necessarily do anything in a way. So that's hard, but then to see it all come together, knowing their story, knowing who they are. And when it doesn't also come together, it hurts. You know, it's like this, this pain and this love. That's undescribable, really. But yeah, I agree.
0: It's pretty insane. Like so, just because you said how amazing you're at these, did I'll say I had this is my first meet ever with my client Khadija. I guess I'll call her Khadija. Her name's her name's a Doug Bemisola. Okay, but thank her you. Middle so I was Khadija. like, I
1: did not want to mispronounce. So it's a yeah. Doug
0: bimisola She is insane. She is very strong athlete i'm thankful that she wants to work with me honestly because it's been such a blast working with her for since nats so i don't know how many months that is june Uh, yeah four five no yeah four
1: or five something
0: Something like like that that. so pretty good that nats did not go great for her she went three for nine there and i that's my first time ever meeting her So it was so cool to talk to her afterwards. and was funny. I know she can hear me. By the way, y'all, she's literally in a different room but in our apartment. I know she can hear me right now. She's probably chuckling and just smiling. She came up to me after that. She was like, hey, like, I know you like, watch how I did. And she knew me from the podcast. I was like, oh, my gosh, someone knows me from the podcast. She was like just asking for a little bit of advice. And I was like. Honestly, you should get a coach, but I did not even mention me. And just the fact that she actually chose me to represent her has been such a blast so far. So she went seven for nine today. Was it the exact meet you wanted? No. Did she get some PRs? Yep. We hit a bench PR. Overall, it was still a much better day than Nationals. We learned some things, but I would say today was still a win.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know... The women that were on my team were in awe of her just watching her i mean one of them literally was like i want to be you when i grow up so my god the fact that she's in medical school and doing this is amazing and i don't know
0: just watching all together she was really happy you were really happy so it was a great day well jocelyn the fact that you're working in the military and you're also a full-time coach and you're also a very strong pro athlete in the USAPL is pretty freaking phenomenal to me. Oh, thanks. Sometimes (laughs) I'm like, wait, what? But I appreciate that a lot. So tell me, like, what made you get into coaching? And when did you start coaching? Because your team is called Live Fueled. Is that the name of your team? Yeah, it's Team Fueled. My (laughs) business is Live Fueled,
1: but the team is Team Fueled. Um, So I started the team... I mean, like it's only, I would say, two years strong kind of, but it really got big over the last year. As far as coaching, I've been coaching for six years, but I started with general fitness um, and then I started getting more into powerlifting. I started powerlifting about four years ago, so I guess after doing it for myself for like two years, that's when I started to like coach others in the sport and it's just really taken off, I would say, in the last year is it's blown up. little bit more but
0: I'm obsessed with it pretty obsessed yeah and you know what's crazy like you're not the only person who I know is a female coach who just in the last year really started ramping up I feel like COVID kind of did some of us a favor I don't know about you same kind of thing for me and watching other female coaches too like even example Sam Pahoon like she was a coach we all knew she was coaching before COVID, but I feel like I've just seen a rise and like, her as a coach, not just an athlete, since COVID. So it's been phenomenal. You
1: you hit the nail on the head. Like, that's when I left my – I kind of had to, I guess, like, in-person, you know, coaching job to yep, be literally. online. Yep. Like, it, it provided us that opportunity, and it's awesome to see other females, especially in this sport. You know, it's definitely – Being less dominated by men, I would say, and although I love seeing women compete, I think that's amazing, obviously. But seeing women coach, that hits me differently. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, listen, we can play with you, big boys. Okay.
0: I mean, honestly, you know what's wild? I was having a conversation with Marcellus, um, the school It's for people who know his Instagram handle, and it was like a few months ago, and he recommended me a client, right? And I really didn't expect that, like, we're cool, um, but I have other coaches who like I really collab and like talk like coaching with, and like I hadn't done that with him yet, so I was like, man, I'm surprised. Like, let me say thank you. And he literally said to me, he's like, you know, Solana, I'll be honest, I don't exactly know who I as a coach because we never really talk coaching together. Yeah. He's like, but when when I had this girl come up to me and say I really want to coach, but I want a female. You are the only female period that the my mind, coaches.
1: Wow!
0: And one, yes, compliment. But two, then I thought, who do I think of for coaching when I think of female coaches? Yeah. And honestly, I can count them all on one hand. I can. Now, yeah, I will yeah. say there's a few that are on the untested side who I just don't know well. So, like in my mind, I'm not necessarily thinking of them. They may be amazing, but like. Okay if I never see you coach ever, you know I mean? Like you just don't cross my mind, but like, I'm talking like USAPL, like who crosses my mind? Like you're crossing my mind now. We got Claire crossing my mind now, Claire Bottle Medicine. Yeah. Um, we have Sam Calhoun. Like, it's just wild. Like we're really starting to come together and we all really started to like get our name out there. I feel like again, in the last few years. Yes. <laughs>
1: just seeing that our athletes are doing well and are going, you know, can be at nationals, be at that also elite level, like showing we are capable of getting them there as well. I think that that's important. I think that people are recognizing that, yeah, they can do it too. And so, I don't know. I'm I'm just excited to definitely be a part of that, but to see
0: more, you know, more women coaching, that's like a goal in my head. Oh, man, same. Oh, <laughs> Phenomenal and again like just watching you with three people. I think you saw I put a story up. I was like I yeah, love seeing exactly. people in the back and you were like getting that you were like, oh, right have that move I, I was like, yes girl. Yes, Like I almost came over to hell like, what, what am I doing? She got it. She got it. So I just <laughs> sit back and calm down I'm like, you know, I have one person. So I'm like, I feel like I could do more <laughs> I know
1: it's so weird when you go from like a meet where you only have a couple to more gosh it, it feels so different And that's exactly where I felt if, if I only have like one, I'm like, oh gosh, this is weird. But it's also nice to give them that undivided attention too, which I know they appreciate.
0: Oh, 100%. So you said you got into powerlifting four years ago, right? Yes. So what made you transition from general lifting to powerlifting?
1: I took a strength development course in college. Mm. I was already kind of in the gym, trying to get off the freshman 15. And I stayed in the gym because my mom got sick. And I always say that it was just like, you know, my safe haven. Like it was the one place where I didn't have to think about anything else. Like I could kind of step away from it if that made sense. And then I took that course in college and I was obsessed with the idea of getting stronger. Like seeing other women be able to bench a plate, like I was so impressed by that. So I was like, oh, I wanna be able to do that too. And I started training like a powerlifter or for a me
0: and I haven't looked back since. I love it. Did you like go right into getting a coach to help you? Like how did you get into like yeah, the so, actual programming? <laughs> the guy who taught the strength development course became my first coach. Oh. So
1: that was really nice. Um, Dr. Cody Hahn, shout out to him because Ooh. he's also just like growing in the field, putting out research, all this stuff. But um I he was the guy who taught the course. And I came up to him and told him, like, do you coach? Because I want to get stronger. And he took me on and I did my first meet and I actually bombed out at my first meet on squats. So very humbling experience, um, very aggressive personality. So I just like go in and go hot and I had to learn a lesson obviously, but it was really good. Cause I was like, oh, this is not how you can approach this in a way. Um, so it became a challenge for me. And then I did another meet and did better, <laughs> at least got, got on the board and yeah then I just you know continued to go to the gym and load the bar and I just felt like for me it's I love yes getting stronger and seeing the numbers go up but what it does for my mental state is way more than
0: it could ever do for me physically it really is what would you say lifting powerlifting has given you besides confidence and lifting a weight and not looking stupid Take <laughs> know, wait, not looking stupid. I mean, like, the, Let me we add all that first got in the gym and we've all thought we looked stupid. We were like, all right, the barbell and I'm going to do what with it? So then you surpass that point where you go in and you see that men are looking and you stop caring.
1: Literally, literally. It's like, yeah, everyone says confidence and this is true. But for me, I think, like, it gave me this sense of control, mm-hmm. right? Like, I am controlling the effort that I'm putting towards this thing. I'm the person who has to get up and go to the gym. I'm the person that has to warm up. Then I have to, you know, sleep, nutrition. I control my effort. So that was really important to me because through my childhood, I didn't have a lot of control. Being in the foster care system was, a lot of decisions are made for you without regard to you. So for me, it was like, nobody can take this away from me. Nobody can, decide how this goes for me i have to put in the work and so that's why i fell in love with it and honestly through like bombing out at my first meet and missing attempts in the gym i also got a different sense of self-control because i had to learn how to respond to those situations if you saw me at my first meet i threw the largest fit in the warm-up room after i bombed out on squats like it's embarrassing to think back now but like i'm talking Everybody was looking at me because that's the way that I acted. And now I'm like, oh, I don't have to act like that. You know, like, it's okay if this happens. Like, what do I do now? Or how do I prevent? You know, sometimes it's my own ego or, you know, self-comparison or whatever that might be getting in the way. So I'm learning how to control a lot of emotions inside of me to produce the results that I want. And nobody can take that away from me. So, honestly, that's what it's given me, a, a different sense of self-control in a lot of aspects.
0: You know what's crazy? Like, just like what you're saying, like how it's giving you a sense of control, like, you can easily apply that to your life, like, being a wife. You can yes. apply that to maybe not saying you have to be a mom. Women don't have to become mothers. But if you want to be a mom, right. <laughs> becoming a mom. Uh, you can use that towards friendships. Like, how do you react when a friend says something you don't want to hear, right? So, like, just the fact that, like, that's giving you that lesson that you can take to literally, I think, probably every part of your life is surreal. You hit hit the nail on the head because I would say I was growing
1: up very hot-tempered and I would spit off at the mouth or if somebody said something I didn't like, just, you know, the first thing that popped in my head, I would say.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But learning... That's not how you treat people or that's not how you should respond. And to get that from going to the gym, Mm -hmm. I just think people discount all those really big things that are actually happening, happening that are deeper than just like, oh, my body looks better and I feel better. Like that is great. But to me, it's helped change the person that I am today on a much deeper
0: level. So I didn't know you grew up in foster care. Yeah, like to ask what was that like would be the most broadest question ever. <laughs> okay. But like, what did that like that experience of being in foster care? How did that shape you as a person? Man, still a very broad question.
1: Very broad question, <laughs> but honestly, I could I could talk to you about that forever. Um, it's hard, right? Like you get taken from your family. Uh, because they can't take care of you. Your parents aren't taking care of you. That's how it happened to me. I was, you know, stripped from them. And you're literally put in a car and you're drove to different people's house and you're told that they're going to take care of you. And at the time, you know, I I got taken with my brother. And you're just being pushed to different houses. Like they basically choose whether or not, like you're a good fit for them, which makes sense. But it's hurtful. It's hard. Um, You know, for me, it made me a people pleaser because I felt like I had to do or be a certain way for people to, like, love me or care about me. Um, It also just made me not as trusting. I think that it definitely played a role into being hot-tempered. Like, it's chaotic, Is very chaotic and most of the time you don't get a choice all while they're trying to give your biological parents a chance to get you back. There's just like a lot of disappointment and letdown and I think for me, number one, I had to grow up very quickly because I had my brother with me. So I would say I became a mom probably by the age of like four because he didn't have that and that's immediately what I felt like I had to do was grow up quickly. (laughs) So in a lot of ways, I'm grateful, right? Because I think that I learned a lot of life skills so young, but at the same time, I've had to like learn how to also not be this person that I don't want to be sometimes. So chaotic. (laughs) And sad, but also, you know, it turned out great for me. I'm lucky. I'm definitely a lucky person because I got adopted. There's a lot of people who cannot say the same. And so I've had a lot of like, I guess a second chance at life. That's what I feel like I've gotten is being adopted by good people who did choose to love me. So although there was a lot of people who didn't, you know, it definitely happened the way that God intended it to, like I ended up in the right home with the right people and i got a second chance at life so yeah a lot of hard but also a lot of good and i wouldn't change any of it sorry kind of went around there but
0: i'm <laughs> yeah. <you> sorry yeah.
1: <laughs> i was like did i even answer your question you 100 percent answered um, the question yeah
0: yeah and honestly just hearing like I mean, that really, I commend you for the person you are now, because I think I would just be bitter and angry all the time. Mm. <laughs> Honest to God. And that sounds like, Solana, really just saying that, I'm like, I didn't have to be shuffled from home to home. Like, my parents kept me. And I still had, like, I, I remember, it's very recent that I've read through a lot of stuff with my therapist about, like, family matters. Like, I really got a therapist just for family matters because my dad passed away from COVID in 2020. And I went to my therapist session. It was December yeah, 2020. And I just moved out in July to live on my own. So I moved wow. out. Yeah. Two weeks after I moved out, my dog died. Four weeks after I moved out, my dad died. Oh, my god. My mom had COVID, too, but she survived it. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff going on. So I go to my therapist, and I was like, okay, so this is what happened this year. But my biggest thing is that I need to understand why I hate my dad. Because he died and I was just angry. And I realized that, like, I had a lot of anger from the way I was raised and everything. And just a lot of stuff. Just, like, life growing up in my family. And I couldn't understand why I didn't like him. Because at the end of the day, he did love me. And he never physically harmed me. And he made sure I had a roof. So just hearing, like, you didn't even have a dad who did that for you. I mean you got you got the dad later yeah. on, but like you didn't have a dad who provided things for you. And like I did have it, but I still had all this anger. That's why I feel like I think I'd be such an angry person because I don't know if I could deal with it.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. Obviously, like, you know, when you're put in a situation like that, you just you never know. But sometimes people can have that, you know, full family. And it still not be a family. And I think that that's also what I learned from it is like they can provide you these things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship with them was good or that they provided you these things that you needed emotionally or mentally. And so although you might have had these physical things, and of course, having a roof over your head is important, there might very well be a lot deeper stuff there you know that's worth unpacking because you're not upset for no reason and you can't discount those feelings cuz they're valid they're yours so you have you definitely have a right to that and just continuing to unpack that and with your therapist which is great you know having that just other person to talk to outside of the situation and you know just like just continuing to pray on it pray for your heart like pray for Just like almost letting it go. And having this peace. But also knowing that your feelings are valid. I think that's so important. You might have had these physical things. But there's definitely things that are missing. If you feel that way. And that's okay. That's. Man that's also the thing with family right. Is like. Just because they're your family by blood. Like sometimes they're just not your family. Like I learned that mom calling somebody mom or dad that's that's just not a right because you gave birth to somebody or you claim that like you have to earn that you those positions are earned in a child's life and you know I, i got adopted great by great people and they they did earn that and they did show me that unconditional love even though i wasn't theirs so, I would say there's more to unpack there. <laughs> Listen, but tell your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how are you out here standing like the life my therapist right now?
0: Y'all need to link up. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. So, obviously, trusting people, well, I should not say we're obviously, but trusting people, I'm guessing, is not super easy for you all No. <laughs> no. So, I know you're married. Yes. To a man. I never met him, but attractive looking black man <laughs> like I saw him and I was like ah. don't say that with all the respect in the world I just yes. really like chocolate so with all the respect yes, in the sir. world <laughs> I ain't
1: mad at you for saying that because
0: it's true <laughs> did the way you were raised and you're just being adopted and everything you went through as a child and even as an adult today did it make it hard for you to trust your now husband
1: oh 100 percent I mean, I made him jump through all the hoops in the world to be in a, to be through our relationship just by all, like self-sabotaging it. That's what you do. Like when you feel people are getting almost too close, at least that's what I do. I'm like, Hmm, let get a little close for comfort. Then I just like start to do crazy things to make him upset, honestly, to like, okay, how hard can I push you? Cause are you really going to stay? Like you say that you love me, but if I show you this side of me, are you really going to say? And it took a long time to unpack that. We had only been together for like. Maybe five months. When my mom had passed away. My The mom who adopted me. And. I was just not a good person at that time. I was just not a good person. And. He stayed with me through that. And that helped gain my trust. But yeah I definitely pushed him. And it's. It's great. That's when you have to do that work on yourself, though, because, you know, like, how is that fair to him? You can't just put him in this bubble of people who've hurt you in the past or like take that out. And that's you just have to be able to acknowledge yourself. And sometimes it's ugly. And for me, it was. I'm like, I've, you know, put up this giant wall that needs to be broken down all the time. But how is that fair to this man who is trying to love me? I'm making it harder on him so a lot of therapy for sure (laughs) to help me there and to be honest with you yeah I mean I trust him but it's still not easy it's still difficult even though we have made the commitment to be married I still find myself like testing him and I have to catch myself on it and that's why I still go to therapy because I'm like I'm still doing these things it's you know, a cycle you really have to deal with for your whole life. But being willing to acknowledge that is important.
0: What was it that got you to commit to being self-aware enough to notice these things and notice the habit coming up and to change it? Because it's one thing to be like, you know, yeah, I know this is going on. Or like, yeah, I know I push people a little bit sometimes. But like, to work on it takes a big step. And you have to work on it, like, just like you said, forever, So how did you get to a point where you allowed yourself to work on it? And what got you to do that?
1: When you're at rock bottom and there's nobody near you, you have to do a little bit of self-reflection because it's like, who is the problem here? Why are you not keeping your friendships? Why is your relationships with your parents or your siblings or any man who does is showing interest? Like, why is this crashing and burning? And that's how it was for me. Like after I met Justin, who is my husband. I found myself in a lot of in so many pits, just like of darkness. And I was like, this is reoccurring. Why? Something is wrong with me. Yes and no. And I was like, I can't live like this. It was pretty much just like that. Like I cannot live like this. Like after my mom passed away. I was just not myself. I was mean and filled with just, like, this hate and darkness, and I just didn't like it. It, it honestly just, like, waking up and looking at myself in the mirror and being like, this is not who I want to be. And it's deciding that. It's like, this is literally not who I want to be. And it wasn't until then that I would say that, like, I – the parents who adopted me, I mean, I was in the church, you know, I grew up in the church, but I had turned my back on God at that point, especially when my mom passed away. I was done. I was like, nah, you know, you took one family away now, now two, like we're, I'm good on you. But then hitting that rock bottom of being just like alone and Justin is like, I don't know if I can stay with you if this continues, like having that person say that You, you just have to decide, is this the person that I want to be? You know, no. And that's what it was for me. It's like, this is not who I want to be. This is not who I'm called to be. I don't know who I'm called to be at that time. I didn't know. And that's not, you just have to decide when you look in the mirror, when you're having conversation, are you happy with yourself? Are you happy with the way that you're treating the people around you? You have to decide for me. It was no, I am not. I cannot stand who I am. And a lot of it is my fault because I'm making these decisions. That's what it comes down to. So you have to be willing to have an actual honest conversation with yourself. That's not easy. And it sucks. But you're not going to grow if you don't do that.
0: So when you were at this place of rock bottom yeah and it sounds like the last person who was close to you justin yeah. was like i may be out the door discontinues too." Mm-hmm. how did you eventually go back to loving jesus because you just said you're kind of done with him yeah. but i know that you're no longer done with him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so like how did you get to a place where you're able to even trust that god loves you again
1: that's a really good question. I think, like, I just, honestly, uh, Justin kept trying to take me to church. <laughs> and at first I was like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> and then, you know, I just would go a couple of times. And I know he was trying to talk to me. Like, God was trying to talk to me when I was there. It was clear. And I kept trying to push it away. and then I just stopped trying to push it away and realize God has always seen me through somebody told me you know a lot of people say oh he never gives you anything that you you can't handle no that's not true he gives you things you cannot handle on purpose because you need to rely on him he is your strength he is the person that is getting you through this is not on your own will so I kept thinking, I can't get through this. I can't survive my mom. No, I couldn't because I needed Jesus. So of course I'm going to sit in this dark hole by myself trying to figure it out on my own when I cannot do it on my own. So that's when I kind of just started to somewhat reconnect. And then the brother who went through foster care with me passed away about a year after that. Mm. And that one hit me harder because that was the only full biological sibling that I had. And I was like, Nope, I'm not doing this. I'm talking to Jesus this time. Like (laughs) I'm talking to Jesus. And that's when my relationship or my faith started to like really kind of grow. Cause I was like, I cannot do this on my own. I know I cannot. And i just started praying more and i just started reading more and i just see the way that he's working in my life constantly but you have to be able to open your eyes to that that's the thing people are like he's silent i can't hear him no he might be showing you the things that you do not want to see or the things that you do not want to do but it's not about what you want it's about what god wants for you Mm -hmm. so Yeah, honestly, I think I just started to open up my eyes and realize that I couldn't do it on my own. But it took a while. You know, I'm not saying, (laughs) listen, I'm not saying it happened overnight, did not. Just the fact that Justin didn't give up on me and, like, kept inviting me, you know what I mean? Like, that was helpful. And that's what I try to do now, like, is when somebody's in a dark spot, keep inviting them. Because you want they might say no a hundred times. But that hundred and second time, that might be what they need because that's probably how long it took me <laughs>
0: to listen.
1: Yeah, just being willing to be open and literally surrender. Very difficult, though.
0: Something you said really hit home for me. You said people will tell you, oh, God won't give you something you can't handle, but that's false, right? Yeah. So my therapist once said this to me, and God, I love my therapist, yeah. but she misquoted scripture. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was saying, like, God won't give me something I can't bear because deal- I am dealing with something. Yeah. And I remember getting off the phone with her, and I was like, no, God's going to give me stuff that I can't handle because I need two things. I need him... And I need community. And I am—I'm like you in the sense that I was definitely the person who pushed everybody away from me. Like you got close to me, woo! No <laughs> way! Like once I feel like you care too much about me, like you're hitting me up to hang out because you really want to see me that bad. And when I when I don't respond to you, you still hit me up again because you care that I exist on this mm-hmm, earth. Stiff arm! Like whoa! <laughs> and so it's very new new wish for me at this point that like i we, we as humans like god made us to be around our people and the only way we can survive anything is to be with people and to trust in him and i also i had my come to i guess you call it the come to jesus moment. yeah <laughs> at that moment it was right after my dad died i was in a not good relationship before i dumped my ex and <laughs> not really And I remember I was like, I have to make a decision. Like, am I living for God or not? I'm done. I was very lukewarm. I would say to people who knew that my family was religious, that I went to church. If you didn't know I went to church, you wouldn't have no idea that I was supposedly a Christian. Right. Yeah. So I just had to decide. And I was like, I'm going to choose Jesus because I've been trying it on my own and I'm so so sad. The ways of this world, I tried it so hard. I tried all of it. Like, let's just have fun! Eat, drink, be merry! And just, Mm -hmm. you're lonely, you feel broken, you feel like you're going crazy in your own mind. And it's just insane how God really did make us to rely on him, but that's such a loving thing that he did for us because life is so much better with him. That's 100%.
1: It will always be better with him. You have to choose him. In choosing him, I feel like in this day and age, it's hard. Mm. Listen, there's a lot of things, social media, society, it's just like, it doesn't make it easy, but you want to know, it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. But when you choose him, you will be seen through every time. I have this guy on my team who always says he has the cleanest track record and he does. But it's choosing him. So listen, I'm glad you're choosing him though. Okay. (laughs) It took a long time. Yeah. And it's like (laughs) just seeing that in your you know, in your relationships, that's also something, you know, that I'm realizing now that I'm older. I'm not old, I'm older. (laughs) Exactly. Just to be clear. But I need to surround myself by people who are also choosing him. Mm. And that is the most difficult thing we do. We do need community. And the importance of that is people who can hold us accountable with that. Okay. You say you love Jesus, but you're doing this, this, and this. You say you love Jesus, but you said this. And that's what I'm, I'm currently in the stage of my life where I'm trying to do that is surround myself by people who are choosing him. That's not to say, you know, that I won't, of course, talk to people who don't believe that, you know, we, we're supposed to love all people, Mm -hmm. but it's also who you let close. Mm -hmm. And that is the difference. And that goes for your friendships, for your family. Listen, that's a hard one, but also for your family and for your partner, the person that you're going to choose is like you know, for you since you're in this like you're still looking for your partner. Are they choosing Jesus? Because mm. listen, that needs to be number one. And that's what I realized about Justin through the I mean, he's he's always chose Jesus. And for me, that's all I that's what I needed. You know, it's for that person who's going to keep me accountable to that. But that goes for all my relationships. That's not been easy, especially with the people who are in that, you know, drink and be merry stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. We've, we've all been there, but it's important. All the other relationships in your life. Sometimes you have to cut people off or just keep people at a distance because
0: they're not holding you to your face that has literally so i'm like on the same journey right now like i just switched churches not that the other church is bad but like i was looking for community in that church and i found that church that seems to have a lot more of it yeah. and i felt like god, god was pulling me towards that one because like honestly i'll be honest they were just more young adults yeah like i'm sorry i don't want to just become best friends with 55 year olds so <laughs> yes. I, it's the truth it's the truth i don't i'm just not gonna call you on friday not doing it <laughs> so you know god definitely yes. is pulling me towards this other church and like. It's crazy how, like, I know I need to be there, so I'm going. But every time it's time for Bible study, a voice deep down is like, You can stay home. <laughs> you could stay home. Yeah, On Sunday morning, I get up, know. get long, <laughs> off. I'm like, You don't have to go. <laughs> yes. And I choose to go, but like, the enemy is so real. The enemy is so real. It's insane. Like, the closer you get to God, the more you'll see it. And I remember one time someone was about, so me and my friend were talking about, they watched someone get baptized and they were so excited and we were all too excited yeah. too, right? And my friend was like, she looked at me, she's like, they're about to go through the the hardest spiritual attack in their life. And I was like, what? She's like, Solano, like when you first are like, go hard for God, especially in the early stages, That's when the enemy is like, I'm really trying to make you not. Are you really? (laughs)
1: Yeah, you really forgot because I don't think you need to be. That is so accurate. Is the tests, oh, they come and they come hard. Yeah, you got to be ready because it happens all day, honestly. But go to Bible study, girl. Yeah, no, go I'm going to Bible study. No, I was to to Bible study. <laughs> Listen, I like that you said that. Like, you need, you know, you don't have to be committed to the first church you go to or the first people who talk to you or whatever. Just, it's like finding, finding that, that place that you can connect with people and that you feel is right for you. Because, you know, some churches might not be great for you, and that's okay. Take your time and figure out which one is right for you. Now, don't take too much time, okay?
0: Yes. It's like it's <laughs> like, it's like the people who are like, I'm going to take my time. Like, take your time, but still go. Like, yes. if you're, like, looking for another choice, go to the one you are going to until you find. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't take a break from all of it at once because that's how you just get that's super you comfortable. Mm-hmm. You get super comfortable. It's easy and to comfortable, too. And, like, you don't even see it as lazy. You're like, no, I'm just taking time to myself. I'm like, would you skip the gym for a month and a half? Right. This, you would keep okay. going the crunch till you find that palace and gem of your dreams. You know you would. Listen, <laughs> the, okay, the fact that you just related to that is
1: spot on because uh, I, we have on my team a Bible study on Sundays. Oh, that's so cool. And we always talk about that though because we're like Okay, so you're choosing to go to the gym and be at the gym for whatever, two plus hours. Mm -hmm. You're choosing to count your macros (laughs) or meal prep. Or you're choosing to get this amount of sleep. Or, right, like, people, I'm not going to skip a workout. Okay, if you say you love Jesus, why are you skipping your time with God? Why are you skipping your devotional? Why are you skipping your prayers? Why are you, you know what I mean? Like, but your go hard for this specific thing. And I mean, mm-hmm. that can be for, you know, for us, yeah, powerlifting is easy to relate it to because that's what we do. Yes. But it could be whatever hobby or th- other thing that is anything, in your life. like that you love enough to yes, give time to. You, you're giving this time. You will not miss it. You won't miss your show on Thursday night. You won't night miss that football Sunday. game
0: on Sunday, trust yeah, me. Yeah, I exactly. see you with the jersey on. Mm-hmm. I see you making weird hoot hoot noises, <laughs> eating wings. I am. You. I mean, you would have to kill you not to miss it. Yes. Like I not have to murder this person right. to get them to miss. It.
1: But you're. <laughs> but you can miss, or you say that you do not have time. Mm-hmm. That's you my know favorite you what? Like, you can't. You can't read your Bible. You can't pray. You can't read a devotional. You can't go to Bible study. You can't go to church. None
0: of it. Yeah, you I can't do any of that.
1: It. But you can do all of this. No, that's not how it works to follow God. Like, this is the priority. This is the number one thing in my life. And that's the first thing I need to make time for, period. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's easy. It's, it's not to get in that mindset. But when you choose God, you, like you said, you can't be lukewarm about it. You can't half-step it. Like, you have to commit. And that's a part of committing. You have the time. Everybody has the time
0: so true i think another East thing, the last thing i'll mention relating it to the easiest one to really understand is like god i mean obviously he's not just person the person is god right but like would you like have a spouse and say i love them so much and give them zero minutes that's a person right like right. i mean everyone looking like you're crazy if you said i love blah Bilob- i love justin Mm-hmm. Zero dates, no time together, sleep in different yeah. rooms, don't, don't say hi, him. no text messages, <laughs> like, not one meal together. You come in the house, you come in the house, you see him, like, you see the Bible, you see him, you <laughs> just turn the corner. you got to say <laughs> hi. <laughs> like, you be, yeah. I be like, Jess, I don't think you love just very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be exactly what I would say to you. And I'd be like, also, that's this is so weird, true. so y'all have to get some counseling <laughs> like, you're not working out. <laughs> that's why it's like, I mean...
1: You, you have the time. It's choosing the time. And you got to hold yourself accountable. You do. Or you need to be a part of groups that are going to hold you accountable to that. You know, that's why we're on our like devotional. Like, did you read it? We'd be in our group chat. Did you read today's devotional?
0: Oh, I love it.
1: Because sometimes you need that. And that's what I mean surrounding yourself by those people who will help you through that. But if you can have the discipline to go to the gym, this many times a week or do whatever you know. You can have the same
0: discipline and air quotations to read Hundred connect with God. 100%. So speaking of how training can also relate to <laughs> relationship with God <laughs> as an easy example, Virginia Pro for yes. nine days out. Nine days, single digits <laughs> out. Oh. All right. Yes. How has your prep been?
1: Honestly, it's been really good like yeah i would say i definitely you know feel stronger than i did before nationals which is a nice feeling um i'm excited about it things are trending in the right direction there's honestly no real complaints on my end so (laughs) i'm i'm excited i'm looking forward to it yes
0: and like at this year's nationals you came in third place right yes for your weight class and that's huge like, and you tied, really. It was body weight that got you there, I right? I know, yeah. Can you tell me about that? I mentioned it on one podcast episode, the the recap show. I mentioned it really briefly. But, like, the, were you trying to push, like, <laughs> did you know that you were tying? No. Like, tell me the story. Because I literally was like, I don't know if she realized that no, she No, I had more.
1: no idea. Like, literally, I just showed up and I lifted. And <laughs> so I had no idea what place I was in. I, I really had no idea what was going on. Sam uh was I think Samantha Calhoun coaches me. Hashtag that. team Sam Strong. Yes. Okay. And she was calling all of my attempts. And my husband Justin was loading my weight. So she was, you know, just like, you know, do this, put in this attempt. And she was definitely trying to secure the podium because that is ideally what I wanted. I don't think she realized either. Oh man. The body weight thing. And she said after the fact, she was like, I was kind of like glad I didn't know because we could have maybe pushed your third deadlift too far and then that would have put me in like seventh, you know what I mean? It could have made make it break me. So yeah. It's I'm like, oh dang, but honestly just to even get third like that's a huge accomplishment. So Yeah. I see oh, I think your it's eyes, better. So. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a little salty. I'd be lying to say I'm not. But um, I think it's better that I just didn't know. I literally like looked at her after I finished deadlifting and I was like, okay, so what happened? <laughs> and she was like, We don't know yet. I was like, Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't know I got third until I was like, they called my name. Which was really Oh, cool. what? Yeah, she was like, wait, you know, it's just like because she knew that I would be really happy. So yeah, kind of funny story, but
0: I had no idea. <laughs> So that leads me to ask you. So first of all, Sam is competing at the pro too. Yes. Who's handling you, is Susie it Justin? Gary, Susie, Gary. Oh well, yes. you know I will say as much as I love Sam, you are getting the upgrade. We'll always say that because they—they <laughs> they are the OGs yeah. for handling. So I don't even think she'll get offended with hearing that because no. she hires them herself too.
1: Yeah, she's the best of the best, and I'm really thankful to her because she competes on Sunday so the fact that she was even willing to do that like i sent her a message and i was like listen i don't even know if you would you would do this but it would be awesome and she said yes so i'm really grateful and really excited uh i want to learn from her she's obviously an amazing power lifter but honestly she's an amazing woman and i was really inspired because i listened to the podcast that of her with you Mm -hmm. like that was I've always been a fan of her, but, like, listening to that podcast was like, I need to know this woman more. <laughs>
0: oh, like, same. I mean,
1: literally, I was, like, I was just, yeah, like, and she's also um, a woman of faith, and so it's been really nice to connect with her mm. on that level. Um, so I'm just, I'm really grateful and excited. Yeah, she's
0: going to be handling me, so. That's incredible. Like, Susie, so it's wild, and we're gonna get into talking about your podcast too, because Jasmine has a podcast now, y'all. But like when I do my episodes, even just like this with you, like I feel like the way we're talking, you think you know each other for ten years, but I sent you a DM what two days ago, yeah, and like I think I, I think I waved at you at nationals. <laughs> Yeah. Did, like learned your name and waved at you at nationals you know what i mean yeah. so like it's not like i've known you forever or anything like that but when you get to talk to someone and hear their story it just makes you be like oh my gosh i didn't even understand that you were like this and every podcast i ever heard her on she was a map every single one Hi. i i think this potentially i didn't ask her this may have been the only podcast she ever did where it's just her no nomad So, like, Um, I got to just, it was just cool to hear all about her. her. Yes. Because I've heard so much about Matt, because Matt's incredible. And, like, the fact they're together, like, this guy Yeah, put power this hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that was Jesus. Yes. Like, I actually believe that, like, soulmates aren't necessarily always the thing. Like, you could, like, if if my future husband were to die, I could connect to someone else and get married. It's not like there's one person, I have to find the one person on the earth. But I'm like, no, except for y'all, I think. <laughs> yeah. God matched you guys. We know. Perfect match. Oh, my yeah. God.
1: Hearing her, that was cool. Especially, yes, on her own, because I've heard them together. But, man. That woman is just Inspiring. That's an understatement.
0: Oh my God. So, what are your goals for the pro? And, real quick, I will tell the people um, the pro is a head to head meet where you're going against everyone. Females all go against themselves, like all females go against each other, and the males. So, it's all about the highest dots wins. This is not like nationals where it's weight classes. So, it's different because we only have the Arnold's like that, and the pro. I don't think we have other meets really no. where it's like literally payouts just based off of dots only. Not um, thanks. think so. Mate, so anyway. statement. Yes. So, what are your goals yeah. for this meet?
1: Um, I would like to hit the milestone of getting a 400 kg total Ooh-hoo. at 52, um, and to go nine for nine. Mm. That's like the 400 kg total is the first goal. <laughs> that's the priority um but it would be also awesome to go nine for nine and the truth is i probably need to go nine for nine in order to make the first goal happen so mm-hmm. really they should just work together
0: beautiful yeah
1: i feel very positive in saying that i think that it should happen you know just with the way that training has been going and just like the stuff that sam has taught me just about being objective listen that's why i hired her okay like She's obviously the queen of going nine for nine and, you know, making attempts, executing. And that's something that I lacked, which is the reason that I chose her to coach me. Mm -hmm. And she's teaching me that, you know, you need to be objective. You got to separate almost your feelings outside of it. Like, what can you do? Which is hard. Because obviously you want to hit a PR. You want to, like, you know, do well. But separating that. So... I'm excited yeah those are my two goals and they pretty much go hand in hand and obviously have a good time like to be on this stage with Sam Calhoun mm-hmm. listen that's an honor I know right yeah that's an honor so I'm just like I'm like I'm stoked to be here <laughs> that's really how I feel yeah
0: speak of me do you feel more or less pressure going against people head to head with dots as opposed to weight class at nationals
1: i feel less pressure um probably because i don't have a 500 plus dots so i wouldn't say like i'm in this big battle to place top five you know listen i'm not saying it's not possible because god exists but (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying realistically that's that's not what i'm shooting for and That's on the less likely side of things to happen. So Mm -hmm. for me, I've just that I don't feel any pressure. Honestly, I feel like okay, what can I really do here? And so yeah, that's. I think for a couple of the others, they probably would say something different. But in my situation, I feel a lot less pressure than I
0: did at nationals. So this is probably better for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, that really does make sense. Like. I'm putting it in my perspective, too. Like, I'm also a strong competitor, but I'm not number one in my weight class that's Sam and Gabby and other people, right? So, like, I may be high level, but I'm not good enough. I know, like, with all the strength and (laughs) Jesus, you know, I'm not calling myself weak, but I'm not beating them many times soon. So, like, I think even for me, like, if I were to do this meet, I'd be like, it's a little less pressure because I'm really just, like, trying to stack the chips and get my total where I know I can be. And also, like, knowing that, like, I'm not – I have everyone's information. I don't know how many 52s off the top of my head are competing. But, like, there's only probably a few, right? It's not like the whole – all the 52s got together at nationals. And, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel like it's the it's meet where not only is it going to be high level and we're doing our best to make it the best production you guys have ever seen ever. So it's going to be great. But also it's, like, it's so different. You can have a lot of fun, have a high level meet and really just have a different mindset going into it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think like, for me, I'm still
0: new to competing at the
1: higher level. Mm -hmm. That's still a new experience for me. So, you know, Sam was like, you have to show that you can execute when it matters. And that hit me hard because I was like, she's absolutely right. Like, for me, this is still a big stage. There is going to be a big production. And these are high level athletes that are going to be at this meet. So I need to show that I can execute when it matters because it still matters. So yeah, this pressure. And there is a couple, like, there is a couple 52s that are competing, which I think is exciting. But I, it's crazy because you're right. I just, I don't feel any pressure. And even if they outtotal me, that's. I'm not upset by that, mm-hmm. you know, my mindset with, with with nationals was totally different, so. Of course. Yeah. And it, it really has to yeah, be, like, that's another exactly. thing about being a,
0: an athlete, you have to be able to have the right mindset, depending on the meet. Yes. Like, it's, it's not just the same thing, it's not, oh, no, like, no, hold on now, there's head to head, Yeah, all right, so that's going to change all of my attempt selection, I'm basing it off what you did, I'm going right? to try to beat it. And you can also do that here if you have the dots calculator and everything, but at the same time, if you if you go into it knowing, okay, I'm going against every single weight class, I'm probably not beating my coach, <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yo, let's just execute, oh period, the end, like, that's yeah. it, and the sentence, then let's think about hit whatever attempts on the bar. <laughs> So I love it.
1: Yeah, that's I'm I'm
0: super excited, but you're right. Listen, I'm I'm rooting for Sam to win though.
1: Let me be clear. I a listen. listen.
0: But I'm the commentator, one of the commentators of me, so I don't want to. Yeah, you can't. You know what I mean? I can't like
1: I, <laughs> I personally can. So I'm rooting for Sam to win and I'll be cheering for her behind her. Literally <laughs> I really her. like
0: it. Uh so, so. Pep Talks with Jazlyn Pepper West. Yes. That is your new podcast. You're three episodes Fresh. deep. Yes. Right? In three am right, three episodes? Yes. Okay. So you're trying to count your we head. In my head you. too,
1: it, I was <laughs> like, I have a few, you know, like that are that I haven't put out yet that I did i was trying to you know get ahead of things like okay
0: i tried that yo that ship sailed i never know that that's what's gonna happen i quite literally never have won the vault i'm like we need to get it out or it's not getting out like we gotta record this week (laughs) or else yes i think there's three yeah three out right now Mm -hmm. nice so what made you want to start a podcast honestly
1: just like i'm a person who like I hate complaining about things without applying action, Mm. right? Like, for instance, the, you know, meets in Georgia were looking a little soft last year, and so I was like, I need a direct to meet. Like, that's Mm. just, like, because I, I don't like to be that person. So, Two White Lights and King of the Lifts is great, and we need that. We, yes, need that to grow the sport, but... I think we're just missing the mark sometimes of what the sport is about. And it's exactly what I, you know, what we talked about when this podcast first started is like the things that you get from it, because most of us are not making money. Majority of us are not making
0: money. (laughs) 99.9%. Yeah,
1: are not making money from this. So it's like, there's just so much more than that. So I want to be able to, Share those stories, like similar to you. You know, you actually bring people on. You talk about more things than just numbers and making picks on meets. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's more than that, and that's also what I want to do. You know, I have a huge team, and I know each one of them very well. And like each one of their stories inspires me. And there's thousands of lifters in the USAPL. Yeah, and although I love the elite level, listen, I love it, but. They work also just as hard. I hate hearing when people say that we're outworking people. Listen, that's just not the case, okay? I have a mom of two, owns a pressure washing. I wouldn't say you're outworking her. We're all working hard, and that looks differently for each of us. And so I want to be able to highlight those people also that aren't just at the top because I think that that's mainly what's being focused on. Mm -hmm. So I just want to shift the focus just a little bit. And that's why I'm doing that, is because I love the stories. That's what keeps people going, honestly. And I think that the other people, like, they feel like that's more relatable. You know, they might feel like, I know her personally, so that's tough, but they might feel like Samantha Calhoun is out of reach. You know, I know her, and she's not like that at all. She's one of the most genuine people I've ever met and talked Mm -hmm. to in my life. But that might be the representation that they're getting. But if they can hear so-and-so and be like, they're relatable, I can, I can do that. I just feel like that's empowering. That's what I'm also trying to do.
0: And another thing I like too, so I made, not an assumption, but when I first saw the first episode, I was like, this is so cool. Right. Yeah. And then I saw, I think Tracy was second. Yeah. Cool. Right. And then I saw Rock Dodo. Yes. Right. So I think after this is the first one that I bet if I had to guess, I didn't talk to you yet. I was like, yeah. she's probably going to focus on like women, which is really, really cool because more representation, more representation <laughs> for yeah. women. And that's I I bring on Marcus. So you're trying to really highlight everyone. Yes.
1: And that was what I felt like the difference was. For instance, I'm, I'm a big fan of your podcast. So to be honest, really cool. But um I was like, you do focus you know, all on women which I'm very open them. about that <laughs> but I also want to bring on the men to be honest my roster of men I have a I coach more men than I do women
0: mm. like
1: the roster is like 70 30. it's much larger and so yes it is important to me that I'm also able to like highlight them and have a real conversation as well. I do love the women listen. love the women Mm -hmm. but i also want to highlight them and i think they just like getting to know them in a different capacity especially the ones that i coach i just feel like that's different um
0: so yeah focusing on everybody i love that i really do because i feel like every when you start a podcast you have to have a target yeah. Right. It's just like the coaching. Like if you're like, I'm the coach that coaches everyone, you want to do Pilates, yoga, and whatever, like you're going to have a hard time right? getting your clients. Right. But if you're really niched, the people who you actually want to serve start coming to you. So it's kind of the same thing with podcasting. Like you just have to have something that you focus focused on so that those people who want to hear that will listen to it. Yeah. Right. It's not like it's not a podcast about swimmers and volleyball and the the beach on Sunday and then the Lord. Like, you know what I mean? It's like we can talk about those things. But I just love that you're focused on getting out the story to people who may have never been on a podcast. Yes. But are worth hearing. And even with Tracy Cook, I would still consider her, you know, she's competing at some big meets. Yeah.
1: You know
0: what I mean? Marcus Dota just had an excellent meet. So it's not even that it's necessarily people who like, we may have ne- or may never ever ever hear. Yeah. But I think it's cool that like, you're even saying like I think I want to have people who are just also regular. Like yeah, <laughs> you know it's what I mean? Like,
1: that's just as important. That's the majority of who's in the USAPL. That's like ninety five percent of those the are USAPL. are people that are
0: carrying this
1: sport. Like let's be clear. And um, it was nice to have Marcus on there. I was just really inspired by watching him. Um, but definitely like almost the tier who's like right below that elite level that mm. there may be close, but they're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm one of those people. <laughs> so, um, yeah, people like that, but I have a one that's, you know, going to be dropping with like Shane and he's an adaptive athlete and he's coached by Sam. His story is just like inspiring. He's like, listen, I'm lifting the weights just like you are. My, like, yeah, you are. And it's cool for people to hear that. But I also just like, I don't want to spend so much time talking about the gym. I love the gym. I love powerlifting. Gym's great. Obviously, my life is a lot surrounded by it, but I'm like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, who are you? And what do you do outside of this? Because it can't just be this. Because
0: if that's it, that's yeah. And why?
1: That sucks. Why? You know, we all choose it for different reasons, and that's just what I want to talk about. But you're absolutely right. Definitely, you know, and that's what I'm still figuring out too, to be honest. I mean, just, I'm only three and deep. What is
0: this? 90 what? 91. 91. 91. Patrick's. Like, Listen, I'm I've done three. <laughs>
1: so,
0: <laughs> no, you have some in the vault. Yeah, You've done like yeah, five. some in the vault, yeah. <laughs> but I'm
1: still, you know, just figuring it out. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it. And I appreciate that you brought me on this one.
0: It's cool to
1: be a fan and then be on it. I'm like,
0: what? Girl... Yeah. I'm thankful that you came on because talking to you was so much fun. And honestly, just like you talked about how palatting is amazing. This is a female palatting podcast. Yeah. But when we can dig into stuff that's not literally just the barbell and I get to know who you are as a person, it just helps everyone gets to know that there's more. Like we're not just shallow lifters. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that anyone who's like – pretty strong, or strong enough, it's like, you're prime time, you're freaking top three, like, they think they think we just, these shallow lifters, like, we just lift, yeah. that's it, like, we go home, it's like, and, like, nothing else matters.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, our, I mean, I do power lift, but my identity mm-hmm. is not defined by being a power lifter, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, yeah, they think we, I don't know, breathe, eat, and sleep this, and it's like, well, no. Yes, it takes up a good amount.
0: I was like, not... maybe something makes out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's not
1: the entire person that I am. And if it was taken away from me, it would be tough. But I would be okay. <laughs> but I would be okay. Yes. So, yeah, definitely just getting... and That's the same for all the lifters who lift. Okay, Anybody that you see, whether they're at the top or not, I promise you, they're not just most of them. Even at the top. Like they're not just e breathe and sleeping powerlifting.
0: They're not. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: just yeah, we're all just regular people who
0: love to lift things. Very cool. But there's more to us than that. Mm. That is all. <laughs> On that note, is there anyone you want to shout out? Number one. Number two, how can people work with you?
1: Um Yes, I would like to shout out my husband. Mm, <laughs> Justin, since we talked about him, the spine chocolate man. Um, I should probably. Don't just get offended, shout him out. Justin. It's a compliment. Um, I'm really, you know, thankful for him and obviously the support that he gives to me. Uh, Sam Calhoun, who coaches me, and the team of people who help keep a roof over my head who oh. choose to let me coach them. That's not anything that I take for granted. I'm, I feel very lucky that any of them choose me to help them so uh yeah shout out to them because i would not be here literally without them um and then of course just like god for giving me the opportunity to share my gift which is to connect with people Mm -hmm. and nothing would be here without that obviously so um yeah you can go to my instagram which is Jazzy Pep—that's <laughs> what it's called—and my website is livefuel.com. You can either send me a DM or you can reach out on there. But truthfully, I only got three spots left because I just capped myself. So, ooh, yeah. So you not heard that, her, that's y'all. not to like push you. That's just—it's the say, truth. Listen, <laughs> go, coach it. <laughs> got to cap yourself.
0: Yeah, I learned that this year. <laughs> yeah, I it really can be did. a lot. You
1: cannot take on everybody. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, it's gonna be a little much. So, yeah, that, that's how you can find me.
0: And yeah, y'all, I'm going to have that info in the show notes, so you can just click it <laughs> if you're wondering how to contact her. But Jaslyn, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for bringing the equipment. <laughs> legit y'all we're on her mic her laptop my laptop charges at home i'm a mess but god is good you guys are great and we still got it done i appreciate you for joining me thank and you for having me of course and y'all catch you next time guys thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed it if you did again please leave that five star rating in that review it helps me get the podcast out to more people the more we climb the charts the more women and men will get to listen to this awesome podcast so appreciate you love you catch you next time